All right, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 23. We'll continue where we left off. We're going to start at verse 39. <clears throat> Matter of fact, we ought to back up to verse 38 just for the scripture of it. And thank God we'll go through about 49. All right, let's stay in awe of the Word of God once you find your place in the Word of God. The Bible says in verse 38, <clears throat> let's go back to 37. Anytime I see the word king, I'm backing up. It says, in saying, if thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. Now listen, and a superscription also was written over him in the letters of Greek and of Latin and of Hebrew. This is <clears throat> the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors, which was hung, railed on him, saying, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answered, rebuked him, saying, does thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due rewards of our deed. But this man has done nothing amiss. And he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. It was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour, and the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the mist. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Now, when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. And all the people that came together to that site, beholding the things which were done, smote their breasts and returned, and all his acquaintances and the, and the women that followed him from Galilee stood afar off, beholding these things. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this second utterance from the cross that shows us your heart, and that's a heart for souls. Lord, we know the reason you went to Calvary is for our forgiveness and for every sinner's forgiveness. But Lord, thank you, dear God, that you showed us that we ought to have concern for souls. And that God, you set up amazing situations. And we thank you, God, for divine appointments of soul winning. And so, Lord, dear God, help us to learn something from the scriptures tonight. Help us to be stirred and changed and convicted that we need to get a bigger burden for souls. And God, thank you for this wonderful promise. Today, will you be with me in paradise? We're going to thank you and praise you for using your word. In Jesus' precious name, amen. This morning, we looked at the utterance about the pardon. And thank God there is a pardon. We all deserve hell. But thank God the Lord pardoned our souls and we're going to heaven, not by works, not by baptism, not by any religious ritual, but all by the grace of God. Amen. This, tonight, I want you to look at the converted around the cross, the convert. His name is Thief. I don't know his first name, but I thank God that he got saved. And I thank God that the Savior was the one that was there for his soul and his salvation. I want you to see, first of all, that uh, this thief got under conviction. 
They both deride him. The Bible says in Mark chapter 15, and one of the malefactors in verse 39 hung, railed on him, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us. And all he was worried about was now. All he was worried about is what he could get now. And folks, he sacrificed on the altar of immediacy, eternity. And isn't that what a lot of people are doing tonight or this day and all, all through life? They're just sacrificing heaven for their little sin, their little, their little fling, their little uh, uh, sensual, selfish desires of this world. And I thank God that we can look past that and see the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. But I want you to see, first of all, he saw royalty in Jesus. This thief saw royalty in Jesus. He said the precious words, Lord. He cried, remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom. Verse 42, read it with me. It says, and he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom. Now, folks, there was very few people that believed in the kingship of Christ. 33 years earlier, or, or thereabouts, the wise men had thrilled all the uh, Jews with the announcement of the Messiah's birth. And it, they it took a long trip. It took them about three years. And they found Jesus in the home, in the house, the Bible says. We picture the wise men at the uh, manger. They didn't make it. It took a long time for a camel to crank up. Amen. I mean, one mile an hour, probably less than that. And um, we see they came and, and they gave gold and frankincense and myrrh, uh, the golds for the kingship. They knew he was king, and they'd heard that he was king. They believed the prophecy that he was king. And the uh, um, uh, frankincense was something that the priest used. They knew he was not only king, but he was priest. And then the myrrh speaks of death, and uh, thank God they knew he was a savior. And so, folks, we ought to be wise men today, amen? Wise men still seek God. But then Pilate, uh, either in mockery or I don't know why he did it, but uh, just maybe to annoy uh, the Jewish opponents, and he, he wrote the title, This is Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. And he posted it and nailed it to the top of the cross. And they said, say that he said. And he said, I ain't changing it. Praise God. He said, well, I'm putting up what I put up. And thank God, folks, this thief uh, believed that Jesus was the king. He was sure of it. And I don't know exactly how he found out, but maybe the Holy Spirit just revealed it to him. And then second of all, there's some amazing that I see in this story. He said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Second of all, he saw the resurrection in Christ. He says, when thou comest into thy kingdom. Dead men do not have kingdoms. Can somebody back me up? Amen. And folks, I want you to know uh, somewhere, sometime, uh, he knew that he'd rise again and enter into the kingdom and he said, think of me. Matter of fact, allow me to go with you. The Lord Jesus had often foretold his death and his burial and his resurrection. And the only people that remembered around Calvary was the enemies. The enemies remembered he said he would rise again. Uh, turn to Matthew chapter 27 for scripture on that. 
verse 63, please. Matthew 27, 63. Uh, the Bible says uh, the sepulcher was sealed and guarded. Why? Because they remembered what he said. Uh, he said in verse 63, he said, uh, well, let's go back to 62. Now the next day, Matthew 27, you with me? Say amen. I know this is daylight wasting time, second Sunday, so just wake up, amen. It says, now the next day that followed the day of the preparation of the chief priests and Pharisees came together into Pilate, saying, sir, we remember that the deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days, I'll rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, he is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. So Pilate said to them, ye have a watch. Go your way, make it sure as, as you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. You gotta understand the Roman Empire, if a soldier let a prisoner go, they were a dead man. That's why the man uh, in the Philippian jailer uh, was going to commit suicide because his prisoners were free and he knew he was a dead man. So the Sadducees believed the death to be uh, terminated, their existence, he, they just thought he was a deceiver. But the dying thief knew that Jesus Christ would rise again. He saw the resurrection. And then third of all, he saw redemption. Lord, remember me. The thief might have been thinking, I'm so poor and despicable as a sinner and I ain't got nothing to take to the lamb. I ain't got a lamb to take to the priest. I can't get off this cross and do any kind of religious ceremony. But folks, I want to tell you something. He said, I can't obey the law, but praise God, I don't think it matters anymore because I believe you're the lamb. Amen? And thank God he was both lamb and priest. Jesus Christ is still the lamb of God and he's the priest of priests. He's the high priest. There's no other priest that can, can intercede for you, amen? You can go to the booth all day long, and I'll tell you what, he's probably got more sins on that side of the little panel than on this side, amen? What a farce. And the sinner, folks, listen, I'm gonna tell you something, opened his heart, and God, the Holy Spirit, some way, somehow, saw, showed him the kingdom, and praise God, showed him himself as a sinner, and I'm gonna explain salvation as simple as I can to you in just a moment, but thank the Lord, praise, praise his holy name. He saw the Redeemer, and he said, remember me. And I want to tell you what happened. That's exactly what happened. Because he said, and a promise from God, today will you be with me in paradise. Now, that's the grace of God, isn't it? Amen. Um, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? I'll tell you, the sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. First Corinthians 15 says this, But thanks be unto God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That day the thief found more than he'd ever stolen. He found the Redeemer. He found the resurrected Lord. And praise God, he believed there was a kingdom. And one day he'd be in it. When I think of the song that I want us to sing at the end of the service, a cappella, at last and did, 
at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And the burden of my heart was rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. Now I'm happy all the day at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. Let me close by saying, folks, that there's three things I want to show you about salvation. I want to be as crystal clear as I could. And I, I asked guy after we gave him the new converts course and Brother Gabe's going to go over it with him because now he works for him and that's a good captive audience, amen um, but I said please listen to this message tonight, please and I'm going to use him as an illustration I hope it doesn't embarrass him because I wanted him to know exactly what happened to him this morning first of all I want you to see that there was an amazing situation here it was a fulfillment of prophecy, Isaiah 53, 12. But folks, there was a gracious providence. God still sets up amazing situations for people to be saved. My heart was broken today at the funeral for a young man that I'd heard what he'd been living like, the lifestyle he'd lived. And there's a lot of young people that are going to that abominable, wicked lifestyle. I won't go into detail. But after the service, I, I cornered him again. I got him before the service, and I got him after the service. And I said, buddy, you need to be saved. And I said, God has set up an amazing situation for you. I said, I'm going to tell you something. You live where? He says, I live in Covington, Georgia. I said, you know where? And I gave the name of the road and the name of the church. And he says, I live a few blocks in a group home from that very church. It happens to be Newton Baptist Church in Covington, Georgia where our brother Tony preaches. And I said, I'm just about to send somebody to talk to you and to bring you to church. And he looked at me and he said, well, I guess God set that up. And I said, he sure did. Amen. I will tell you, God still sets up amazing situations. Say amen. amen. What's the chance of that? There is no chance. There's a providence of God that leads people to cross paths of sinners. It's a gracious providence. Both thieves could hear the prayer, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Both could read the title, King of Nazareth. Both thieves could hear the crowd jeering, but thank God could hear the response, Father, forgive them for they know not what to do. God still sets up amazing situations for people to be saved. Let me believe that, say amen. amen. Open your eyes. Realize that it's not a happenstance or a circumstance. It's a divine appointment when a sinner crosses your path. And you ought to be ready. Amen. You ought to be willing. You ought to be so conscious. Don't look at people of black, white, brown, pink. And I've seen some pink lately. Pink hair, purple hair. I don't care what they got. They need to get saved, amen? And folks, don't look at people as high class, low class. Look at people either lost or saved, lost or saved. There it is. Wednesday night, Gabe and his family backslid. They went to Applebee's instead of church. And um, he called and confessed it. I was told him I'd give him three Hail Marys and one, one penance. He said, we got all upset. He said, we was trying our best to be at church on Wednesday night and eat out in a place close 
to the church and be there on time. And the, the, uh, and the, the restaurant was as slow as molasses, hours and hours of waiting on the food, and hours and hours even to check out. There was one young man that happened to be a waiter. Happened to have that table, I think. And happened just to come to that table. And while they were all frustrated and wanted to get in the flesh and thought they were backslidden because they wasn't in church on Wednesday night, I wish everybody felt that way. This man got under conviction. This morning he sat in church right there. After church he stayed because he'd had a confusing doctrine given to him that baptism equaled salvation and he wanted some help. He wanted some clarification. He didn't want to just pray down here at the altar. He wanted to make sure about how to get saved. And he got saved in my study. God set that up. We're going to forgive y'all for skipping church. Amen. It's more important than church. One soul is more important than the whole world. Say amen. Now all of y'all are going to go to Applebee's and hope you get called up there. Amen. Ain't going to be nobody here Wednesday night. Amen. I love the riblets, but don't go on Wednesday night. Amen. God still sets up amazing situations for people to be saved. He set up an amazing situation for you to be saved. Some of y'all just happened to be home when somebody knocked on your door. Somebody just happened to have a praying grandmama. Somebody just happened to have a workmate that won them to the Lord. Remember your daddy's testimony, Brother Al, how somebody worked on the job. Brother Gary talked about the time that uh, uh, Janet's uh, daddy worked with him in a printer's shop. Praise God, he preached to the last day of his life because somebody on the job happened to be sitting right next to him, working right next to him, and praise God, the Lord still sets up amazing situations. This man was dying and going to hell, but guess who he was executed next to? The Lamb of God. <laughs> The Savior. The earth was darkened. The rocks were rinning. The birds refused to shine. The crowd railed. And praise God. Praise God. Jesus wasn't looking to himself. He was looking to his soul. And he got saved. Amazing situations. Number two, real quick, I see amazing supplication. The Lord Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We believe that, we start looking for souls. We start looking for divine intersections. Interceptions for souls. Christ came to save people who don't know they're lost. But God, the Holy Spirit, can bring them under conviction and they can realize all of sin and come short of the glory of God. That the wage of sin is death. One of the problems today is that people will not admit that they're lost. And if they won't admit they're lost and they think they're just religious enough, they're self-deceived and they're going to hell thinking they're going to heaven. That's sad. There's Baptists that think they're going to heaven and they're going to hell. Stop picking on the Catholics so much. Lost sheep won't admit that they're traveling in the wrong flock until they see the real shepherd. God starts setting up roadblocks. God starts setting up love, loving people, working with them, eating with them, playing with them, 
learning with them. It's amazing to think about this, but I wish I could go back in my high school years, Brother Randy, and be a soul winner. I'm so busy thinking about my sorry self, so insecure. Then I got over-secure, started thinking that everything was about me. I was so vain, I thought this party was about me. I became vain Wayne. I was just there to be a great athlete, get my letter, and it was pathetic. And there was a soul sitting here, soul sitting here, soul sitting here, and a soul sitting there. And I wasn't a soul winner. God help us. He sets up amazing classrooms. You'd be a witness. But it's amazing supplication because he began to pray. The thief was a lost man who knew that he was lost. Look at the, look at the scripture real quick. I'll close. Luke chapter 23. He said, but the other answer rebuked him, saying, Do not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation. We indeed justly will receive the due rewards of our deeds. But this man has done nothing amiss. Folks, I want, to show, I want you to see that the thief began to pray, I deserve this. I'm a sinner. And I'm sorry. That's Holy Ghost conviction. Folks, I want to tell you, it's a great day when you realize you were lost. Thank God, folks, you'll go to hell if you think you're saved by works, saved by baptism. I'll get into that in just a minute. And folks, he gave a, he gave a great, uh, he said, Verily I say unto thee, today shall thou be with me in paradise. I want to tell you what he was saying. He didn't know much, but he knew enough. He knew he was, had a kingdom. He knew his Lord. He knew that he was going to come back from the dead to set up that kingdom. He knew all that because the Holy Ghost was revealing it to him and he prayed, Lord, I'm a sinner. But then he prayed something amazing to me. I see it. Oh, he says, I indeed justly for the receive this due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing amiss. He prayed, Lord, you're perfect. Lord, you're the Savior. Lord, you're, you don't deserve this. Lord, you must be dying for another cause. And I'll tell you what that cause was. It was because he was going to hell and everybody else was going to hell and somebody needed to be his savior. Jesus, the Lamb of God. And folks, we need to pray not only that we're a sinner, but we need to pray that he's the savior. And folks, if you think you can just pray as an optional equipment and that he's just one of the saviors, you're not gonna get saved. Folks, he's the only savior. He's the creator, but he's the savior. And it's all because of Calvary. And that brings me to the last point. I see not only an amazing situation, an amazing prayer, amazing supplication. Lord, I'm a sinner. You're the perfect Savior. Remember me. I'm desperate when thou comest in thy kingdom. And here's the amazing response to Jesus. And I'll, I'll close with this verse. It says, And Jesus said unto him, Verily. You know what that means? Truly. Amen. I say unto thee, today shall thou be with me in paradise. Amen. That knocks slow, soul sleep, seven-day Adventists and purgatory Catholics. Here I go picking on them again. Right out the back door. Be asking the body to be present of the Lord. Amen. And the rich man lifted up his eyes where? In torment. It wasn't after a long time. And somebody paying 
them out of purgatory. Isn't that a craziest fundraiser you ever seen in your life that somebody could pay you out of purgatory? I think it's an ungodly fundraiser. There I go again. But I want you to know, thank God, friend, I see in this one statement that salvation, number one, is holy by grace. He couldn't earn it. He couldn't get baptized. I used to argue with my brother-in-law all the time about the thief being saved and he didn't get baptized. He said, oh, well, that was in a different dispensation. They always got an answer, church Christ, always. Ridiculous. And this man, I'm going to tell you something. He didn't deserve to be saved. He admitted it in verse 40 and 41. I just read it to you. And so the thief could not earn his salvation. He could not keep the Ten Commandments. He could not measure up to the law. He could not get baptized, capsized, or simonized. He could not join the church. He could not turn over a leaf. All he could do was turn to Jesus. And wholly by grace, this man did not deserve it, but he got saved. Number two, take this down now to help some new convert. It was certain and secure. Look at the word verily. Jesus said verily. You know, if God says it, you can count on it. Amen. Amen. It's holy by grace, salvation. Now we're talking about scriptural, godly, spiritual salvation. And number two, it's certain and secure. I mean, not a hope so, not I guess so. I looked up, I was on my knees next to Guy this morning. I said, uh, Guy, if you died today after I read him 1 John 5, 13, that you can, these things are written, not these things that you felt, but these things you've written, that you may know that you have eternal life. I said, Guy, if you died today, where do you know you're going? Without a hesitation, he said, heaven. And he smiled. And I smiled. Gabe smiled. I believe heaven smiled. Thank God. And folks, I want you to know it's certain. Truly, amen. I say unto thee, that's enough, God's word. How this man know that he was secure? Because Jesus told him. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible, what? Tells me so. His word's enough. First John 5, 13. These things are written in you that you may know that you have eternal life. You ought to believe, and then you ought to know. Listen, you got a quarter in your pocket and you don't know what's there, it won't do you a dime's bit of good. Say amen. If I got a quarter in my pocket or a dollar in my wallet, which I don't anymore because all we do is use cards now because we're afraid the, the dollar's going to contaminate us. We're a checklist society now and a paperless society. Let me preach on that a little while. No. And, and, you know, it won't do me a bit of good. I got $150 in Apple Pay, and I don't even know how to trigger it. I, it pops up all the time. You got $150. I said, I got to spend it, hon. I got to. I got to. It's just, it's burning my, it's burning my phone. In the Bible, uh, the old days, it was burning my pocket. Now it's burning my phone. I got to spend it. <laughs> and I don't know how to wave it. I don't know how to trigger it. Some of y'all geeks, help me out. Come on, Brother Cody, help me out. I got to spend that. He says, yeah, if you'll give it to me, I'll show you exactly how to deposit it. Amen. And to Cody's account, amen. 
But I want to tell you something, friend. It's certain. We can bank on it. If you know that you're religious, that ain't enough. You know you're a good person, that ain't enough. Because there's not a ladder to heaven, there's a cross. And better said, there's a lamb. Not a priest, not a preacher, not a religious doctrine. Now, fifth of all, it's holy by grace. It's certain and it's secure. I'm talking about amazing salvation. Maybe we ought to sing amazing grace, brother. Third of all, not fifth of all, it's personal. I like these words in verse 43b, underline them. I say unto thee. I say unto thee. Thank you, Jason, for taking the testimonies. March 15, 1963. Sixth grader at Tony Elementary School. I got saved on a Sunday night after my preacher preached on hell. That's 58 years ago, I think. Good night. That long ago. That's right after the Confederate War. I mean, the Civil War. Amen. We're still fighting it. Anyway. <laughs> That made some people mad, praise God. Amen. Souls still matter. But anyway, listen. Unto thee, God loves us personally. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, but it gets a little personal in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Would you look there, please? Galatians 2, 20. General Electric Power Company. I don't use that anymore. I don't know what the other acrostic is, but it's better. But look at this. Galatians 2.20. 2.20. Not 5.20, Wayne. 2.20. Here it is. I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. I am. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved who? Me. And gave himself for who? Me. I'm glad I'm personally saved. I'm glad it's a personal relationship. I can't understand why these people come in these churches with Latin and Hebrew and Greek. They don't understand a word of it. Dead as a doornail. It ain't contemporary. It's dead as a doornail. Thank God it wasn't dead this morning when we see somebody saved. And folks, I want to tell you something. Salvation is not a process. It's personal. It's a miracle. It's not getting a little saved now and a little saved later. Salvation is an instantaneous, miraculous miracle. Pardon the double miracle. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Let me hurry and say this. Fourthly, it's centered in Christ. The amazing salvation is centered in Christ. He didn't look to his buddy He didn't look to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all the other Cs. He didn't look to religion. He didn't look to the law. He looked to Jesus. And folks, last time I checked, that's enough. Salvation means you have a personal relationship with Christ being born into his family. Jesus Christ was identified with this man in condemnation. And praise God, this man was identified with Jesus in salvation. Amen. Jesus took his sin. This sinner took his righteousness through Jesus. He was made righteous. The thief could not turn to the other thief. 
He couldn't turn to that raving maniac, Sadducees and soldiers. He turned to Jesus. Thank God. I wish people would make much of Jesus. I think we need to preach Jesus. I mean, we need, we need to realize that any th- work added to salvation is low rate in the blood. It's sloshing through the blood of Calvary. It's low rate in the name of Jesus. There is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. Amen. Last but not least, I see this amazing salvation is glorious. Look at the word. Today shall thou be with me, personal, in paradise. All this man hoped for was some kind of future kingdom, but he got much more than he could ever imagine. One day, when we get to heaven, it's going to be more glorious than we ever imagined. It's going to be more celestial, more happy. More. Hey, listen, friend, it's going to be not just a mansion, it's going to be living with Jesus, living with God. The Bible compares it to a far better place. Amen. Some of you have been to Hawaii. I'm sure you have. You were saved there. You lived there. That's even, Amen. Praise God. Anything else you want to share with us? But anyway, uh, <laughs> that's a beautiful place. Y'all sent me on my 40th anniversary. Um, I was excited. It was so beautiful. Everything was blooming. It was just a beautiful place. Only thing I'd been to was Callaway Gardens before then. And I thought that was beautiful. But praise God, when I got to Hawaii, I said, wow, this is paradise. But I shouldn't have used that word because it's not paradise compared to this paradise. It's a far better place. You imagine the best place you could ever visit and the most luxurious and glorious place you could ever stay. And I want to tell you something, it's an outhouse compared to Jesus' house. I shouldn't have said that, but that's the truth. Jesus said, I'm going to give you more than you ever stole. I'm going to give you more than you ever hoped for. I'm going to do exceedingly abundant above all that you asked or think. And I, I have not seen, nor harder than imagined, what I have prepared for you. And it's glorious. Paradise. Look at Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. I shared this at the funeral. And all you that were at the funeral, please forgive me for referring to it again, Brother John. But I got to. Revelation 21, 4, after the judgment seat of Christ, he said, God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. There shall be no more. Death, nor sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. I want to tell you how amazing salvation is. Heaven. Jesus. His presence forever. And no more devil. Amen. I'm tired of him, aren't you? No more self. I'm tired of him too. No more sin. More, no more discouragement. No more depression. No more disappointments. No more temptation. No more. No more sad goodbyes like this afternoon. No more agony. No more suffering. No more pain. No more death. I preached so many funerals in the last year and a half, I can't even keep up with them. No more. 
But I want to tell you something. Heaven's not just no more. It's much more. It's much more. It's much more than we could ever imagine. It's much more than your money can buy. It's much more than your imagination can fathom. Much more. Oh, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be paradise. And then you know what makes heaven so wonderful? It's forevermore. Forevermore. Eternity. Well, on vacation, you got to come home. Then you're tired and you get in the flesh on the way home. Amen. Come on. Act like you've never been on vacation. Then time you get home, you want to go on another one. Come on, say amen. That's right. I wish I could go back. You've only been back a week and you want to go back. I'm going to tell you something. In heaven. Woo, in heaven. It's going to be forever and ever and ever and ever. And folks, the devil wants to con people into thinking it's now, it's all the sin for the season that you want, it's all the gusto you can get now. And folks, one day forever and ever and ever, many people are going to be spending it in hell and torment and isolation from Christ and all that's good. And it won't be a place of love and laughter and joy. Peace and purpose and praise, it'll be a place of torment. Far better place. No more, much more, and forevermore. So, friend, it was an amazing situation. Thief dying next to the Savior. It's an amazing supplication. I am a sinner. You're not. You're perfect. You're the Lamb of God. You've got a kingdom. Remember me. Praise God, amazing salvation. Today, will you be with me? Let's pray. Father, thank you for heaven. Thank you for taking our hell to pave the way to heaven. And thank you, Lord, for giving up the splendor and glory of heaven all because of the amazing grace of God. Oh, Lord, thank you for coming and taking my hell and my sin debt. And Lord, thank you for promising me with your word verily I say unto thee, today shall thou be with me in paradise. God, I take your word on it, and that's enough. And I thank you, dear God, that I might have been a child of a drunk, but now I'm a child of the king. I might have been a child of hell, but now I'm a child of the kingdom. God, I might have been a child trying to grow up for myself, Now, dear God, these many years later, I can say every day spent for thee and thy glory has been a worthwhile life. Lord, thank you for the amazing situation you set up for me to be saved. Amazing that my mother was in a gospel preaching church and insisted that we go every time the doors open. That's amazing. Could have been raised with a heathen mama. God, it's amazing prayer when somebody realizes they can't save themselves, but only you're the Savior. And it's amazing salvation and your promises today will we be in paradise. And thank you, God, for paying that price. And thank you, God, for making that promise. And thank you, God, for having a heart for us. And yes, when we were when you were on the cross. We were on your mind because you love us. 
and you pay the price for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord and Savior. Thank you for being my Savior. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Very simple message tonight. But a wonderful situation that God set up. How many was you? How many of you realized you were set up by the love and providence and power of God one day to be in a gospel preaching church, to be on the sound of the gospel, to have a friend that was a soul winner, praise God, to have a mother that was a prayer warrior. It's an amazing situation. It's amazing, Brother Larry, that Sunday morning when Frank McCarty come by that cell, saw a drug addict with no hope, no peace. Praise God. Took the Bible out on a Sunday morning early. Showed this gentleman how to be saved. It's amazing. Thank God for people that will go where they're at and tell people how to be saved. That's amazing. But I mean, say, preacher, I know someone that's lost. And I'm praying, oh, I'm praying that God would send a soul winner by. I'm praying, oh God, that during this pandemic they get desperate for life, scared of death maybe. That's all right. Scared of spending eternity without Christ and that somebody would come their way. Maybe I need to pray more for them and maybe I need to send a track. Maybe I need to love them more. Maybe I need to be the soul winner, but you're just praying that God would set up an amazing situation your loved one to be saved. That's your prayer tonight. Would you slip your hand up on their behalf? That's almost everybody. That's almost everybody. Oh, I got some nephews and I got some people that I even met this weekend that I really believe that need somebody to take them to the gospel. Our Father, thank you for amazing, amazing salvation. Thank you for being the amazing Savior. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Lord, we pray for this prayer request during this invitation. That Lord, you'd set it up again. God, give them enough sense to realize they can't save themselves when you set it up. Give them, God, conviction based from the Holy Ghost. Realize they're a sinner because we can't, we can't convince them. Dear God, help them to realize their lostness. They're desperately lost. God, save their soul. God, for our loved ones that are just plain backslidden, God, help them to realize their wasted influence on their children, their wasted influence on their job and on their workmates, their wasted influence on their school or wherever they might go. God, help us to be true soul winners true disciples sent by God empowered by the Holy Spirit and believing that you set up situations for us to be a witness in these last days we're going to praise you and thank you for what you do in and through this message in our hearts through our hearts in Jesus name